Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ, also available at Lakes Woods and Irons Facebook page and on uh, Podcast MN, good landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, Lakes Woods and Irons there as well. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks, and uh, employee pricing has been extended through the month of August at Mills GM. Chris, uh, kind of a fun week at the golf course, uh, not only the results from this last week, but also, of course, the PGA Championship at Harding Park uh, coming up this week. And, uh, uh, well, when the show airs, it'll be, uh, we'll know who's off to a good start and those kind of things. But uh, Justin Thomas and Kepka and Mickelson at the top of the PGA leaderboard this last week, that had to be fun for golf fans, I would think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Justin Thomas, uh, boy, he played, played some great golf. He, uh, you know, youngest player to reach 13 wins uh, since Jack Nicklaus. So yeah. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's in pretty good company with Jack and Tiger uh, as the youngest player to get to that many wins. And, uh, you know, just when we thought Kepka was, was uh, you know, on his way out or wasn't playing well, he, he shoots 62 in the first round and yeah. uh, followed by a 70 and then a, a couple of good rounds uh, uh, coming home to, kind of slide in the second place so and it, the best best finish for phil mickelson and gosh 18 months or two years well since he, he was his best finish since he won at uh pebble beach yeah you know, yeah a couple of years ago or 18 months ago yeah and i think the highest finish ever by a 50 year old at a wgc event as well so um yeah thomas slid in there it goes tiger jack thomas Rory and Phil, I think, are the youngest guys ever to get to 13. And, uh, yeah, third spot isn't too bad if you're only behind Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. <laughs> that, that is correct there. Daniel Kang wins on the LPGA Tour. She's quite uh, popular, uh, stylish gal used from UCLA, I believe. And uh, she's got a, a boyfriend, is Maverick McNeely. He's on the PGA Tour. And uh, I think her brother is, uh, is maybe on the Corn Ferry Tour. So... She brings a lot of personality to the game. She's popular and uh, was a good winner as the women finally got their game back on uh, on going again as well. Yeah, great, great venue they played at Interverness Club in Toledo, which is going to be site of uh, the Solheim Cup next year. And uh, definitely one of the more popular players on the LPGA Tour. She uh, had a great week and, uh, you know, really over the past year has had, uh, you know, is top five LPGA player. So yeah. Uh, yeah. The best American player we have right now for sure. Yeah, she is. And quite uh, got that competitive fire, which of course you have to have at that level for sure. And uh, Jim Furyk wins the ally challenge, his debut on the senior tour. He probably was maybe as good as Phil was playing. Maybe he was glad Phil didn't play the senior event as a couple of 50 year olds did pretty good this week. Right. Yeah, Furyk wins his first event uh, that he's eligible for the for for the Champions Tour. It's kind of amazing how often that that really happens. You know, a guy comes out uh, fired up and ready to play as a 50 year old and wins his first event. Yeah, I remember years and years ago, even uh, when Gary Player was uh, just starting on the Senior Tour, and uh, the guys kind of all thought 50 to 55 was a chance to really really make some hay on the uh, Senior Tour, and it seems to kind of hold true uh once in a while like uh, uh our german friend langer he 
I mean, he's way over 55, and he just keeps playing fantastic. But uh, see, that seems to be the window, certainly, when you first come up. And you probably do have a little example, a little advantage. I, I know I could hit it further at 55 than I can now. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, and that's just a fact of life that's not going to change probably too much. So, <laughs> No, probably not. <laughs> and uh, Harding Park in San Francisco for the PGA Championship this week. Uh, Tigers there, that always gets a good media buzz going. And uh, do you know anything about that golf course, Chris? You know, a little bit. I've played across the street of the Olympic Club. Um, my friend Tom Rolf's going to, we're going to call him today on the show, and ta- he's he's out there right now. He represents a couple players, so he's in San Francisco. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's such a contrast to where they played last week. You know, hot, humid weather and um a very different golf course in Harding Park and the, the highs of this week are in, you know in the in the low to mid 60s and uh heavy damp air and uh so a very different venue from where they played and um, it'll be an interesting week yeah i saw Spieth uh, getting interviewed and he was talking about uh, uh he, he loves to use all the distance uh, distance technology that's out there right now and he was saying uh uh, 15 yards shorter with the irons, uh, 20 to 25 yards shorter off the tee in the thick air with all the moisture and the lower temp. So uh, that's quite a big difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. You know, having played Olympic Club several times in the past, um, I used to tell people it's the longest short golf course I've ever played. It's 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 very tight for one, but you know the the golf ball just like like um, Spieth is saying it, it goes so much shorter. It almost feels uh, it feels like the ball is heavier because of the the thickness of the air. Yeah, and right at sea level, that's a true distance at uh, yeah, at exactly. zero zero feet above sea level. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. A couple of good guests coming up, Chris. Yeah, we've got uh, like I said, my good friend Tom Rolf, who's out uh, at the PGA Championship, and then I'm really excited about our our other guest, Will Ammond from uh, Whoop that has really made a big impact uh, on the return to the PGA Tour as well as uh, they're doing some really fascinating things in, in detecting COVID, uh, not only on the PGA Tour, but all over the world. So it, uh, it should be a great conversation. Very cool. We'll be back with those guests right after this. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also at Lakes, Woods, and Irons on Facebook. And also uh, Lakes, Woods, and Irons on Podcast MN, a nice landing spot for Minnesota Podcast. Find us there as well, along with uh, past episodes of the show as well. Uh, this segment uh, brought your way by Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks, and also by Holiday Stores in Cross Lake, Holiday Stores at Mill Avenue as well. Stop in for your, what, pre- and post-golfing snacks at Holiday Stores. Chris has a great interview with uh, player rep Tom Relf. Tom is at Harding Park in San Francisco for the PGA Tournament. Here's that interview with Chris and Tom. I want to welcome back to the show my good friend Tom Rolf. Tom is uh, the founder of the U.S. Junior National Team and uh, kind of a renaissance man in golf. He does a lot of things, but he's a player rep or agent for uh, a number of about a dozen players between the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, Latin American Tour. Tom is out in San Francisco this week. Uh, PGA 
championship this week, the first major of the year. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, good to be visiting with you. It's uh, it's sunny and calm and uh, cool out in San Francisco, so it's nice to get out of that South Texas heat for a few days. I bet it is. It's uh, It's been a hot summer in the Midwest, and uh, you were telling me before we started recording, it was high of 62 there and windy and quite a contrast from what the players uh, experienced last week in Memphis. Yeah, you know what, Chris? I think that's going to be, for the guys that flew over on the charter last night, and, and there may have been one this morning for the guys that were in the, in the World Golf event, I think that's going to be one of the big challenges, you know, going from a golf course with Bermuda, Bermuda grass, zoysia grasses, to, you know, fescue, uh, just a completely different type of, of, of grass. The putting surfaces, I'm sure, have a lot of bent and poa in them. Um, but not only the different grasses, but just the temperature and how your golf ball flies, as crazy as that sounds. You know, these guys in 100-degree heat in, in Memphis are absolutely hitting it a mile. And I, I played yesterday, and warming up, it felt to me like when I hit my golf ball, I was hitting a five-pound rock. The, <laughs> the air is so heavy, and it's cold and windy. And I think, the you know, guys are hitting 185-yard seven irons, and it won't be uncommon to see them hitting... 140 yards, seven irons here into the wind and with the cold temperature, just having to adapt to that and all types of different shots. Um, if the wind blows, I think it'll be a really interesting week. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that always impresses me from week to week on the PJ Tour. Uh, the greens can be so much different and how players adapt so quickly to that. And how, yeah. You know, what... what you. We're talking early in the week, Monday, and the players are just arriving if they played in Memphis uh, either last night or early this morning. How, how do they go about adapting and preparing for the tournament, Tom? I think that's nowadays, Chris. A lot of guys are using technology, so I would imagine you'd see a bunch of guys right now probably on the range over there using their flight scope or track man or whatever it is, whatever device they use to try and dial in their distances and just see what the ball actually is doing. And then I'm sure a lot of time on the putting green, short game area, getting used to the different turfs and firmness and speeds of the greens. And then and finally just getting out on the golf course and seeing how it plays. You know, it's I wouldn't say this is a place that has, I, I wouldn't call it any humidity compared to the south, but it is a really, really, Really heavy air and in general it feels to me like the ball I always feel like when I come out here um, it seems to me like the ball goes 10% shorter than what it does back in Texas for me so those guys will be trying to adapt to all that as quick as they can the next three days without really wearing themselves out you know the, the guys again that played in, in, in Memphis will be coming off a long hot week um, so it's probably a little recovery time, I'll bet, today. Probably probably a lot of short game stuff and then try to learn the golf course the best they can tomorrow and Wednesday and then away they go. Yeah, the, the, you, you, you spend a fair amount of time on the PGA Tour and uh, since the restart, how, how different is it out there with no fans, uh, with just very few people on the golf course, no grandstands, anything like that? and. And then kind of the, the bubble they've created. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, it's, it's different for sure. I spent a lot of time at the Corn Ferry events. There was two of them in San Antonio a few weeks ago. And it's, it's 
for sure very very different you know usually there's a lot of excitement or almost i would call it some electricity in the air when you walk onto the grounds at any of those events yes. be it the corn Ferry, pga lpga the pga tour champions but it's it's a weird feeling for sure um i think the tour's done as good a job as you can possibly do given what they're faced with um you know i went through the the nasal swab testing for covid and um it's a little uncomfortable but they they've done a great job uh partnering i believe it's with stanford health and um you know they turn around their test results really quick and i think the player everyone's obviously doing their part but it does feel weird to to go to these big time golf events and see the best players in the world and just really no gallery ropes no clubhouse per se to go into uh and then it's really weird with no grandstands or spectators it just you know you're playing or the guys are playing the last two three four holes and we're so used to seeing a few thousand people piled in around the 18th green and and there's nobody there and i mean nobody just maybe a cameraman it's weird yeah it's uh you know i i haven't gotten to watch a lot of golf on tv since the restart but you know, it, from a from a TV perspective, it, it's almost better. I mean, you don't have the energy of the crowds and everything, and I think that's hurt some players who feed off that. But from yeah. a viewing perspective, it's a totally different view of the golf course, and you get to it really highlights the golf courses and the the uh, you know the land features and and the train, and you really get a much better perspective of what they're what the golfers are are seeing themselves. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think it shows really well on TV, even without spectators. Like mm-hmm. you say, it's a different different energy for sure. Um, it's weird to see a guy make a birdie or an eagle, and you know you hear like <laughs> literally nobody clap, right. or maybe there's someone who's got a home off the property that can see it and they're clapping. But um, yeah, golf still shows really well from what I've seen on TV. I think it's still an amazing product. Yeah, and certainly a lot of people. Uh... <laughs> A lot of people watching because there's there's not a lot else sporting events to watch. The NHL yeah, started back up yesterday, but uh, yeah, yeah, and I th- I think those sports are um, obviously I'm thankful we've got any of them playing again. But but I watched a little bit of hockey and I I saw some highlights from a basketball game and those look strange to me with just empty arenas. Um, Golf is just by nature, I guess, maybe a little better fit for TV with or without spectators. Yeah. Tom, tell tell us about you. You you represent about twelve players, and tell us about your role uh, with that. And what 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 do you do with the players? What are your responsibilities for them? Yeah, I would say, Chris, it's a little bit different with with maybe not every player, but some of them have different wants or needs. But primarily, what they all would like you to do is go out and get a bunch of deals for them and and generate some additional off the course revenue so a lot of my time is spent doing that trying to you know network uh, companies that might be a good fit with certain players obviously there's some that are more outgoing or outspoken than than others and trying to just marry those up uh, who I think might be good fits and and nothing typically happens very quick it's introducing a player to maybe a CEO of a company or a particular brand. And, you know, it's not uncommon for that to be 
six months to a couple of years to, to create a relationship before anything might happen. And then sometimes I'll get a phone call from a company that says, hey, I want to I want to get involved with that player and deals sometimes happen quick. So a lot of my time is doing that um, sure. and then really just helping guys make good financial decisions, putting them in front of the right people, the experts in money management, um, putting them in front of the right tax people that can, you know, they're, they're subject like this week, for example, guys are going to get taxed differently in the PGA here in California than they would in Memphis last week. And, and the, they're all independent contractors. So when a guy makes, a, you know, I think Justin Thomas made $1.8 million, his take-home pay would be dramatically different in California than in Texas or Tennessee or Florida. Um, but the tour doesn't do that withholding for those players. They're responsible to do that on their own. So like anybody, that's a big tax bill, and you got to plan and prepare for things like that. So I try to help the guys and girls with things like that. Uh, and you can be a travel agent too. Some some need help with um, with travel and what airline and what hotel and what's the closest to the golf course or you know do you have a contact that I can maybe meet or stay with? So you, you wear a lot of different hats for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the, yeah. the, the tax deal is interesting, and you, it's not something you don't think about. But you know, these guys have to if they play in uh, you know thirty tournaments and they're in in 12 or 14 different states or whatever it is they got to file tax returns in all those states yeah yeah it's actually um i i guess i would say it's a pretty big deal right because you can't can't afford to make any mistakes in that for them else those add up um really really quickly we've luckily um partnered with a good good group um some accounting professionals that that uh have a golf background and really know how to take care of the players but they really stay on top of it every every week because um, those are I guess it doesn't matter if you're winning a million dollars that's a big tax liability and you have money but if you're playing a, a smaller event and you don't have a lot of money any tax bill um, is important and, and impactful so really helping everyone plan for that is critical yeah no question well Tom yeah. with, the, with the championship this week you, you have any predictions of uh, who you think is going to play well this week Boy, well, I'm a Tiger fan uh, on, the, on the golf course. I would love to see him play well. And I, I saw some footage that he was already at Harding Park uh, Saturday night or maybe yesterday. Um, you know, I've got a good friend, a couple good friends that are playing. Uh, so I'd love to see Abraham Answer continue his hot play. He's, um, he's been on a really good roll for some time now. Yes, Hopefully Abe plays well, and uh, I've got another buddy who, who won it some time ago, Rich Beam. Uh, I hope Rich has a good week. He made the cut last year, um, so hopefully he plays well. But, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see. Uh, I guess my top two would probably be Abe and Tiger. Yeah, well, that, that would certainly be uh, make for some great viewing. It's uh... Yeah. It, it seems seems strange that the year's first major is the first week in August, but uh, isn't that strange? Yeah, <laughs> that is the way it is. Tom, yeah, very the, weird. The the last major of the year is is going to be the Masters, and you and I have spent a lot of time in Augusta together, and me helping out with some business there. And um, what what's your feel on if they're going to have have spectators this year or patrons at the Masters? 
boy, that's you know when they when they first pushed it back uh, into the fall, I felt really really good, and then with this last or whatever we call it second wave or outbreak throughout the south, I'm certainly nervous that we might not all get to go watch in person, but. Who knows? I'm I'm hopeful that if these numbers start coming down, like it, I think they maybe are. Um, I guess the beauty uh, with with uh, Georgia is they can, you know, they're going to make the decision based on what's best for everyone, like it, like every event does. But um, I think they've got sort of a smaller group of con- constituents that they answer to just themselves and. Um, they'll make the right choice and hopefully we all get to go watch it because it's a magical magical place to get to go for a walk and watch yeah it certainly is and uh they uh they seem to have the the means and the technology to control the the crowds and things that are uh who is coming and going in the tournament so uh yeah probably if, if anybody can do it augusta national can yeah it'll be interesting to see what um what transpires there but either way it, it'll be um really cool to see that golf course in the fall yes it will and uh, yeah. two 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 masters within six months of each other so that's not I know, either yeah yeah <laughs> we're uh we'll be getting spoiled that'll be a lot of great golf to watch absolutely yeah well tom i, I really appreciate you coming on the show and and talking about uh the first major of the year and uh have a good week out there stay safe and healthy yeah thanks chris my pleasure and um yeah let's hope we have a great week weather wise and i'm sure the the players will put on a heck of a show and the golf course should look spectacular yeah it's certainly uh the pictures you're seeing it certainly looks great yeah awesome all right have a good week thanks tom thanks. That, was, that was tom roth uh player representative on the pga tour Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also on Facebook, Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and Podcast MN, also Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Chris, a uh, special guest uh, and timely this uh, with the PGA Tour back and all that's happening in the world, so I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome Will Admin, who is the co-founder of Whoop. Whoop is a uh, fitness tracking wearable technology that, that has played a huge role on uh, the return of the PJ Tour as well as uh, a tool to detect COVID. Uh, Will, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like I told you off air, well, I've been, I've been wearing Whoop since about uh, January. And it's made a huge impact on, I'm, I'm a bad sleeper. It's made a huge impact on my ability to sleep better and knowing why I do and don't sleep well, as well as improve my fitness. And uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Uh, for, for those listeners who don't know, please explain Whoop and what it, what it does. Our mission at Whoop is really to unlock human performance. So we believe every individual has an inner potential that you can tap into if you can better understand their bodies and their physiology. And we've built technology across hardware and software and analytics that's uh, really designed uh, to understand you. And we measure things like sleep, recovery, strain. More recently, we've been measuring a statistic called respiratory rate. 
that plays a very important role in uh, detecting COVID-19. And, uh, and we're fortunate uh, to be working deeply in golf today, where we have many of the world's best golfers, over 90% of the world's best golfers, uh, wearing whoop. Wow. Impressive. When, when the PGA Tour returned, I, I know you had a, a significant amount of users. And uh, the second tournament of the year, Hilton Head, Nick Watney tested positive for COVID. And, and one of the reasons he went in for a second test was because he had seen a, a change in his, his variable heart rate, correct? Yeah, we measure a statistic called respiratory rate which is normally a very boring statistic. Respiratory rate is the number of breaths you have in a minute. So a typical reading is somewhere between 10 and 20 breaths per minute. And what we found is that this is a statistic that actually really doesn't change all that much. If you look at a, a person over the last six months on WHOOP, every day they'll have roughly the same respiratory rate. And in the case of Nick Watney, every day he had uh, a respiratory rate of 14, 14, 14. Uh, yeah, what we found in doing a lot of physiology research and partnering with research institutions on COVID-19 is that people who got COVID-19 about 80% of the time have a super elevated respiratory rate. And as a result, respiratory rate can be a predictor of COVID-19. And we... Uh, we partnered with research institutions. We published this data. And Nick Watney had read this information. He was a longtime WHOOP member. And uh, at the tournament, you know, you get tested on a Tuesday. So he got tested on Tuesday. It was negative. Wednesday and Thursday, okay, he's at the tournament. He plays in the tournament Thursday. Friday, he wakes up, and he has a respiratory rate of 18. So for 10 months, it was 14, and then one day he wakes up and it's 18. And he said to himself, okay, maybe I have COVID. And so he went and, and asked the doctors to test him. And it actually turned out that he was cleared to play. Um, they didn't need to test him. And, and he really was adamant. He said, no, I think I should be tested based on this result uh, from my WHOOP data. Sure enough, they tested him, and he came back positive. And mind you, he didn't have any symptoms. Uh, in fact, you know, over two weeks of having COVID-19, he was asymptomatic. But uh, this, you know, measurement of respiratory rate on WHOOP was able to be a, a, an early indicator. And as a result, he dropped out of the tournament and he quarantined and, uh, and he didn't infect anyone else. And the PGA Tour learned of this story and within 24 hours procured over 1,000 WHOOP straps to be put on every... PGA Tour player, caddy, media member, staff, you name it. So WHOOP is a big part of the PGA Tour bubble. And, uh, and since having done that partnership, we said, well, let's, let's see if we can help the women too. And so now WHOOP is on every LPGA player as well. So uh, really all the best men and women in the world uh, are wearing WHOOP these days. Very interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's impressive. And I understand a number of uh, college athletic programs are using it for the same reason? That's right. I mean, we've had a, a number of college athletic departments now do full department rollouts where every student athlete will, will get a whoop when they return to campus. Uh, one school, for example, Tennessee, 
Uh, they just announced that they're putting whoop on, on every student athlete. And I think more schools will follow. So uh, we're, we're excited to be supporting student athletes. In fact, the inspiration for starting whoop was from my experience as a college athlete. I was an individual who used to overtrain where you effectively get fitter and fitter and then you fall off a cliff. And I was someone who didn't really feel like he knew what he was doing to his body when he was training. And so that's where this idea for WHOOP came from, this idea that, you know, there are secrets that your body's trying to tell you that you can't feel, real physiological indicators. And in many ways, WHOOP set out to build technology that could measure those deeper insights. I was just looking, Will, it's WHOOP, the world's most powerful fitness membership. And uh, uh, when you get enough numbers, I know you have uh, results-oriented. It says after four months, WHOOP members improve significantly across these categories, and my goodness, it's uh, reduced resting heart rate, uh, sleeping better, 41 minutes per night, fewer injuries, 60%, consumed less alcohol, that's interesting, before bed, and minimized symptoms from exhausting travel, which, of course, uh, so important to any athlete and certainly professional athletes. That that's alcohol right. one, why is the alcohol one, Will? Is it just you're more conscious of your body and you want to keep yourself in better shape so you drink less or well you know alcohol is um it's a really interesting one because it has a pretty profound effect on your whoop data and maybe even more so than you would expect you know i think most people think okay if i have a glass or two that doesn't really matter and what the whoop data shows is in fact that does have a meaningful physiological indicator and, uh, and it will meaningfully suppress your recovery and it may meaningfully disrupt your sleep. So it's a bit of a bummer for, uh, for those of us that enjoy a drink from time to time, but the reality is that WHOOP really shows you with great transparency that alcohol is not good for your body. And it's, it's more pronounced than I think most people would, would expect. And so that's why when they see it in their WHOOP data, it encourages them to dial it back. Yeah. And, uh, and so often it's, you know, not having that extra drink. Um, in general, with college athletes, you know, college athletes party. And so it's like binge drinking, we've been able to show, can actually affect someone's body for up to five days. Uh, wow. Which is quite, I mean, quite profound. And, and some of the physiological indicators from binge drinking are quite similar to actually the flu. So that just shows you how um, how destructive, unfortunately, alcohol can be to your body. I, I can tell you from a personal standpoint, it's uh, I hate to admit it, but I, I definitely drink less and I definitely drink way less before bedtime because uh, I know how much more how much better my recovery is. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's quite telling. Uh, Rory McIlroy, who is uh, a big Whoop guy and uh, and has been on the Whoop podcast, uh, he talked about uh, on the podcast how, you know, for him, even just one drink meaningfully affected his data. And, uh, and he was someone he realized alcohol has a more pronounced effect on. You'll have some other people who you, you realize alcohol has a less pronounced effect on, um, but that doesn't often correlate to your, um, your, your ability to metabolize alcohol. It's a separate phenomenon. You know, some people can have five drinks and seem relatively sober, and some people can have five drinks and they're falling out of their chair. 
it's still a separate phenomenon of how those drinks affect your, your physiology and affect your body's ability to sleep and recover. And so some people realize that, you know, even just one drink changes their physiology in a meaningful way. Well, the other thing that amazes me regarding sleep is how much screen time affects your ability to, to get, you know, deep sleep and REM. Yeah, I mean, screen time is one where, just so people are aware, screen time is like looking at your phone or even watching a television set right before bed. And we found that those screens, they emit blue light. And that blue light uh, is what triggers your brain to stay awake or triggers your brain to be alert. And it's, uh, it's quite a negative thing if you're trying to go to sleep. So that's, uh, that's quite important, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Is you want to keep an eye on the amount of time you're spending on a screen. And there's a couple hacks for this. One hack is, you know, whether you're on your iPhone or Android, you can enable what's called a, 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 a blue night mode, which effectively turns off the blue light on your screen after a certain period of time. So at 9 p.m., my phone all of a sudden has much more of a yellowish tint. So that blue light isn't hitting me. And then what I'll also do is I'll wear blue light blocking glasses late at night. And if you're someone like me who unfortunately is still kind of looking at his phone uh, shortly before bed, those blue light blocking glasses can actually uh, you know, deflect a lot of the negative impact. So I'd encourage you to check those out. Those out. Yeah, I've been wearing blue blocking lights or blue blocking glasses as well and it's made a big big difference will be beyond you know the the covid dis- detection why why are so many golfers using utilizing whoop well i think what people underappreciate i mean even just the the casual fan underappreciates about golf is it's a quite a grueling sport at the professional level and you're talking about guys who are spending six, eight, ten hours a day um, training, practicing, thinking about their sport. There's a lot of mental stress from tournaments. You know, it's a five, six-hour round of a high level of focus. There's a ton of travel, you know, from time zone to time zone to time zone. And you're also staying in a time zone for an amount of time that's like, just enough to really screw your circadian rhythm up you know a week is about as much time as it takes to sort of stabilize to a new environment and then sure enough you're off to the next place so all of those factors make golf a much more grueling profession than i think people realize and what we've found with a lot of the professional golfers we've worked with is they get enormous benefit from measuring sleep and recovery and really focusing on sleep and recovery. And, and for a lot of these guys, being just their, the optimal version of themselves is actually more important than how much extra putting they did that week or chipping or whatever. I mean, the difference between the 100th best, best golfer in the world and the number one golfer in the world, Justin Thomas, today, is actually not a lot. And, and these guys are the first to tell you it's really not a lot. And, you know, the, the, the reason that some of these best players have been able to stay at the top, I think, is that they really focus on some of the other 20 hours of the day when they're not playing golf 
how are they recovering? How are they taking care of their bodies? I mean, I've talked to Justin Thomas at length about sleep. And here's a guy who is getting an enormous amount of sleep a night. And he's a world-class sleeper. I mean, along with being one of the best golfers in the world, he's one of the best sleepers on Whoop. And I think that's a powerful, powerful uh, lens into why he's been so successful. And, and deep sleep, REM sleep, these are, these are functions that can really, really make you a better, not just a better golfer, but a better person. Right. For the everyday person, what do you, I mean, uh, uh, the professional athletes might watch it a little closer, but I'm sure you've had great results with, uh, uh, with everyday people like uh, myself and uh, the general public, I'm sure, gets a lot of benefit out of this, especially if, how much dedication do they have to have, uh, Will, to whoop to uh, make it pay off some for them? Well, look, we, you know, we've seen our audience dramatically expand. Uh, you know, uh, we're proud to serve professional athletes. Most of the people on group are certainly not professional athletes. We're talking about executives, lawyers, doctors, cops, firemen, you know, uh, talk shows, right? So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a wide, it's a wide audience that um, I think shares a common goal of wanting to improve. You know, Whoop is like a 24-7 life coach for someone who wants to improve. And what it allows you to do is really tap into all the different things in your life that may be affecting you. And it adds this new layer of consciousness, I think, to your body. You know, the, the fascinating thing about, about COVID-19 is it really shows you that your feelings are overrated. You know, Whoop was founded on this principle that feelings are overrated, that you can't necessarily feel some of the things that are happening inside of you, and that there, in fact, there are physiological indicators that you can measure to indicate what's going on inside of you. And so that's where COVID-19, I think, has really amplified this moment, because COVID-19 is a virus that you can have and actually feel nothing. And next thing you know, you give that virus to someone else and it kills that person, right? So it's a phenomenon that's quite profound. And that's where measuring your body becomes so powerful because if you can measure these indicators that you can't feel, again, it creates this new level of consciousness. Yeah, very interesting. So timely, like uh, we were saying at the beginning, uh, just, uh, man, extraordinary. Will, for people who want to, you know, become Whoop users or learn more about it, tell us how how they do that. Yeah, so you can check out uh, the Whoop membership at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. And, uh, you know, it starts for as little as $30. You pay $30, you get the hardware for free. It's a monthly subscription. And, uh, And, by the way, if you don't get value out of the product, cancel you know, it's our responsibility to deliver value to you every day, week, and month of the year. And we really think of understanding the human body as an ongoing journey. It's an evolution. It's not a, uh, it's not a one-time thing. And so that's where, you know, we hope to really grow with our members. So I would encourage people to check us out at whoop.com. Uh, you can also find us on social at whoop. And you can find me on social at Will Ahmed. That's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D. Well, I appreciate it, Whoop. You, or Will, it, it, <laughs> you, you put out some fantastic content. 
with your podcast and your blog post on whoop.com and uh, uh, I can certainly say that wearing whoop has helped me immensely so well thank you for saying that and, and that's another avenue as well for your listeners if people want to learn more about the technology or listen to me interview some high profile athletes especially golfers uh, check out the whoop podcast we've interviewed folks like Justin Thomas Rory McIlroy more recently, Jessica and Nellie Corda, two of the best women's golfers, Dylan Fratelli, Scott Stalling. So there's a good there's a good group of uh, of golf specific content as well. Definitely yes. Fascinating, Will. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We know you're a busy man right now. And uh, are you in, so? Do you have a favorite? It sounds like sounds like Justin and you know each other fairly well. How about the PGA? You got somebody you uh, you would like to see win it? You know, we, we root for everyone wearing whoop. Uh, <laughs> so that's everybody. We, we, hold no, we hold no favorites amongst whoop members. Uh, <laughs> it so happens that that means, uh, you know, we've got about a 90% chance of having someone we're, we're rooting for one. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Will, thank you very much. This was great. Thank you, Will. Okay, thank you, guys. That's Will Ahmed with uh, Whoop, and uh, do check out some of the websites, and it sounds like a membership that maybe we all should have. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Uh, this segment brought your way by Craigans. Check out the Legacy Course, Bobby's 18 and Dutch's 18. Uh, they are amazing. Par 3 course as well. Great uh, professional teacher out there by the name of Chris Foley. You can get yourself some fine dining and play and stay opportunities. A lot of great things happening at uh, Craigans. Chris, a uh, good guest today, good get on Tom Ralph. He's busy at the PGA this week, but he was able to uh, take a little time with us. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Will Ahmed uh, with Whoop. Talk about uh, a product made for the times right now with everybody concentrating on their health and every little inch they can get to gain on other players on tour because everybody's so good right now, Chris. Yeah, you know, everybody... Everybody on on the PGA Tour is just looking for that slight edge, and you know if you if if you're a half a shot better around, that's that's you know two shots better in a tournament, which is a is a huge deal. And you know if you looked at at two to four shots over the course of the season, that's the difference between finishing the top thirty and and not retaining your your tour card for the year. So all all those all those little things can make a big difference. It was interesting. He said uh, that uh, J- Justin Thomas is a world-class sleeper, one of the best uh, on on tour, and maybe one of the best people wearing Whoop. He just really is able to sleep soundly, and uh, he's so mature for a twenty whatever he is, twenty-seven years old. And uh, just his interviews before and after tournaments, and he was talking about you know he gave one away about three weeks ago, and he said uh, you know I don't take it with me, and then he he basically said. Yeah, I'll probably think about it for the rest of my life. <laughs> the, the tournament that he gave to Morikawa, basically. <laughs> you, you know, it's uh, it's like uh, Doug Sanders, who just recently passed away, and he 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 missed a you know a, a six inch putt to lose to Jack Nicklaus in the Open Championship at St Andrews, and yeah, uh, you know, somebody asked him, you know, does he think about that that loss often? And he and he, he gave the answer. He said. Only almost every hour of every day. <laughs> After <laughs> so, 50 years, yeah. That's right. So, you know, if you're competitive, it, you, you never want to lose. And 
when you let one get away, it, they sting. Yeah. And, yeah. The, you know, a guy like Justin, Justin Thomas, he, he utilizes that as motivation to, to, to continue to get better. So. And he was also very upfront about uh, getting lucky. He said, well, that you know, on the PGA Tour, you have to get lucky. And he had a couple drives back-to-back late on maybe 16 and 17 or something like that. One, he dead pull hook went right through a pine tree, and somehow he's like ends up like 69 yards in front of the green, and they showed where everybody else hit it out to the right where you're supposed to. And he hits it, somehow goes all the way through the trees on a bounce. And uh, he's got a 69-yard shot to the pin and birdies the hole, and all of a sudden he's, he beats Kepka for the championship. So he's very upfront about Then he was very fortunate on the drive the next hole in a bunch of trees but had a clear shot out. So it does take a little luck and uh, and a little bad luck once in a while for uh, for other golfers like he had maybe against Morikawa. So. I think that, you know the, the breaks tend to even themselves out, both good and bad. And, you know, when you get that bad break, if you can – maintain the the mindset the next one's going to be a good break and so that's, that's what happened to Justin there yeah evidently DeChambeau had the bad break of being in a fire ant hill <laughs> just, just, oh. just happened to happen right after he hit two three woods out of bounds that he had no business trying <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> I like that go ahead he may have imported those fire ants into Memphis for himself right little jar in the bag Hey, look, (laughs) I like that last week's conversation. We talked briefly about range, Chris, and uh, I actually heard a little bit about it on the Golf Channel this week as well. They're going to have quite a range this week on uh, uh, not only do you hit your irons for the everyday player like myself, I think we mentioned 145 to 160 on a a seven iron, say. And uh, then there's the range left to right, and now these guys with a basically – a uh, 40 or 35 degree change in weather and wet and humid and uh, possibly damp uh, where they're going. So it's going to be cooler, heavier air. So they're going to have another range to deal with. Um, of course, they're a lot more dialed in on distance than the average Joe on a, on an iron, for instance. But kind of interesting. It's uh, The uh, the uh, conditions are really going to make a difference. I thought that Whoop product, would, with uh, he was talking about some of the toughness of the PGA Tour as a sport, which I think, uh, you know, the guys are walking up and down hills, uh, you know, six or seven days a week. and uh, But now they got a big temperature change, and that can make a difference maybe for the older guys if it's 50 degrees out there. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting. You know, Tom, Tom, when he was talking about his predictions, predicted Tiger, which I, w- I would love to see Tiger play well this week. But I'll tell you that this cool weather, I, I, I'm not so sure how that's going to be, be for his back. Watching a little bit of the, the previews over the last couple of days, Tiger appears to be swinging absolutely beautifully. Uh, but it will be interesting to see what this weather, how his back holds up. It certainly hasn't been good the last two tournaments. It looks like he's in tremendous shape at the moment. Yeah, but, yeah, it does. But, you know, the, the adjustments um, are – something that people don't think a lot about and um you know with a tool like TrackMan, it's pretty easy to get dialed in with your numbers based on on the playing at sea level or going from really hot weather like they did last week to, to cool you know thick air weather like they are this this week so 
Um, but the, you know, the, that's what they're spending the, the first part of the week doing is, is getting those things dialed in so they, they can make those adjustments and get out on the golf course and execute to the best they can. Yeah, people have been out there, and you know you played across the street. You can be out in San Rafael, which is maybe 40 miles away, or uh, Noda Begay was talking about coming down from Palo Alto where they played golf at Stanford together, he and Tiger. Uh, 75 and sunny to the golf course, 52 and uh, and heavy air. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. They, you know, that, that marine layer, they call it, it, uh, it makes a huge difference on, uh, you know, both temperature and... Uh, how heavy the air is. You got a pick this week or just uh, just uh, guys you'd like to see play well? You know, I I think um, he he hasn't played good since the restart, but I, I think he's poised and ready to play. I think Rory McIlroy's, that's who I'm picking for the my winner. Yeah. Uh, would love to see Tiger play well. Justin Thomas is playing playing so well. Be interesting to see how Brooks plays, you know, two-time defending champion or Hard to three Pete, but uh, boy, he uh, he always comes to the top in the majors, and he certainly played well last week. Sure would be fun with nine to go to have uh, half dozen of the best guys in the world down the stretch. And uh, yes, it would. It feels like a week it could happen because so many of them are playing either playing really well or or barely not playing quite as well as they can. So a lot of names maybe in the mix, which means a dark horse I've never heard of will probably win. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the PGA doesn't. It tends to not have as many, uh, what should we say, unknown winners. I mean, you, you, unlike the U.S. Open, which you, you get a wild card about every four or five years, the PGA, the 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 list of champions is the Hall of Fame is full of them. Yeah, true. And Kepka going for three in a row is really an extraordinary feat. If he does that, that is uh, just never accomplished. So, even Tiger and. Tiger and and uh, Jack weren't uh, three in a row guys on any major, so no, that would be extraordinary. Yeah, you got to go back to Walter Hagen for I think Walter won uh, five out of seven PJs or something along that lines back in the forties. Uh, right, that was a while back. Yes. All right, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Mac. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on thirteen eighty KLIZ.